Welcome to the Rutledge Perspective. I'm your host, Laurel Rutledge, and this show is where we talk about things that are top of mind as you navigate your career or build your business. The plan is to get you out of your rut or talk you back off that ledge with insights and perspectives on the daily grind. Here, we speak the truth. Here, we challenge ideas. Here, we give ourselves grace. And along the way, we also have a little fun. Welcome to the village. Before we dive into this week's episode of The Rutledge Perspective, I want to give a quick disclaimer. There are many, many people who are exceptional technical experts who are able to move seamlessly into leadership roles. Not only do they understand the technical background, but they have an intellectual agility and a compassion for leading people and building teams that enables them to take that that technical expertise and really begin to build something even bigger and better than what they were doing when they were doing it themselves. They are able to take that ego of it having to be their way and set it aside and get into that role of teacher and coach and, and leader and be able to make things exceptional happen with people who really, really want to learn and grow and develop. And I know this because I've hired these people and because I know a number of these people, some of them quite well. So this episode is not about those folks. It's not about the folks who get it. It is about the challenge that senior executives have as well as the technical experts themselves in moving from that technical expertise into a leadership role. Let's dive in. This week on The Rutledge Perspective, we're talking leadership and leadership from the perspective of the tendency to take technical experts and put them in leadership positions because they were great technical experts. And while that can work, Technical expertise is not a guarantee of great leadership. And we often, organizations often, make that mistake. And so I want to talk a little bit to the leaders, the leaders who are hiring these leaders, and then to the leaders who have moved from that technical expert into leading other teams, and really talk about some things you can do to prepare yourself for 2022. As we end this year, as you get ready to make 2022 the best ever after two years of COVID to really turn it around and make 2022 a fantastic year. So let's dive in. There is a very real tendency, especially in manufacturing and um, big, heavy, Uh, complex organizations where there is product that's made or there are processes that are very specific or very complicated to take people who have grown up in the organization and who are exceptional technical experts. They know it in and out. You can rely on them. They know how to operate safely. They know how to make sure everything is 100 to take these technical experts and automatically begin to move them up to be leaders in the organization. And fundamentally, That's not necessarily a bad idea, right? But this is about the law of unintended consequences, which tends to happen all the time. There's a couple of things wrong with that process or challenging. I shouldn't say wrong because it does work sometimes. That's challenging with that standard process of growing up through the organization. And as you become more and more technical, then all of a sudden you become a manager. The first challenge is the assumption that The only way for your career to grow and expand and for you to be valuable is for you to ultimately start managing people. Not everyone has a desire to manage people. And so to put this culture 
around development or leadership or success that says success is only with increased title, increasing the size of your teams, increasing budget because of the size of your teams, that that's the only way to measure success. Not only is it a fallacy, but it really takes an entire population of people out of the running for great careers because not everyone wants to lead people. That's just not something that's in their DNA. They have no desire to deal with the HR crap. It's just not what they want to do. And so organizations, especially as we continue to fight around this war for talent, not war on talent, war for talent, it's a great opportunity to reassess and and understand as you get ready to promote people, are we having the conversations around whether or not someone even wants to be a leader of people? And if not, not punishing them by somehow limiting or somehow stagnating their career. So that's number one. Number two is there may be people who are technical experts and who have great aspirations to lead and to lead people, but not all of them can make the transition from that technical expert to leader. Because as a leader, you have to let go. Your technical expertise simply becomes a tool in your toolbox. It becomes a foundation upon which you can continue to move. But you are no longer the person that needs to be doing the day-to-day detailed work. And that can be very difficult for those who are highly expert, especially in very technical fields. Again, It's not passing judgment on the person. It's not saying they're a bad person or a bad character. It's just that leadership capability is not necessarily the same. Well, it isn't the same, but it's not necessarily something that someone has just because they're a technical expert. In fact, many cases, it's the exact opposite. It's the exact opposite. So those are the two big things around this whole push to to have people lead. Here's the other thing that happens. And I've had this conversation with so many people over the last few months, which is why I'm having this conversation on this podcast this this week, is the challenge of having a really bad leader. You know, there's that adage that people don't leave companies, they leave bad managers, they leave bad leaders. The impact that a bad leader can have on an organization will be felt for cycles to come cycles to come because depending on how long you have had that leader in place and the actions and behaviors that you have tolerated and in some cases shall i say supported that begins to build a subculture in your organization that may be completely contrary to what you're telling people but people will listen to what you say and they will believe what you do so having a bad leader someone who speaks poorly to people, someone who does not give anyone else a chance to have an opinion or a perspective, someone who always blames the rest of the team, someone who says the only way to do things is their way, and et cetera. You could name them all. We've all had experiences with really poor leaders. That kind of leader, in, if kept for a certain period of time, you know, and, and it depends on the organization, that leader kept in place and supported and promoted and given more money and given more accolades begins to create a culture that says the only way to be successful, quote unquote, is to behave like that person. People will listen to what you say. They will believe what you do. And so you as an organization leader who's hiring leaders, you are accountable 
for the leaders you put in place. You are accountable for ensuring that the vision you say you have, that the culture you say you want to create, that the values you keep putting in front of your people are actually lived by everyone you have in a leadership position. Everyone you have in a leadership position. And if it's not, you are accountable for recognizing it, having a conversation about it, and ensuring that the behavior changes or having the appropriate action should the behavior not change. You are accountable for that. That's what leadership is about. Leadership means you are accountable for ensuring that what you say and what you do align. And that means the people you promote, the people you support, the people you hold up in front of your organization as the beacons of how it is to be successful in your organization. And yet what happens, especially in organizations that are older, that have really long tenure, we start to make excuses for those people whose behavior is poor because their technical expertise is incredible. And there may be some reason that we don't want to lose their technical expertise. So if we hold them accountable for their new role, for their behaviors, somehow we're going to really upset them and they may leave. And then we'll lose all that technical expertise. And we can't have them leave because it'll be a big detriment to our organization to lose their technical expertise. Well, my challenge to you is this. If their text technical expertise was so critical to your organization, why didn't you keep them in a technical role? If that technical expertise is so critical, why haven't you created career paths so someone can be in a technical expert area? Because that may be more suited not only to their skill set and their desires, but to whatever leadership skills they do or do not have, right? It may be much more suited to that area. So if it's so critical, why have you not step back and say, okay, our key is to keep this skill set. How do we do that? And more importantly, if we are sitting in a place where this person can quote unquote, hold us hostage, right? We have to tolerate their behavior or we've convinced ourselves we have to, we have to tolerate their behavior. We have to tolerate the way they talk to people. We have to tolerate the kind of attrition that happens because their leadership is so bad or the lawsuits, worst case scenario. If we've gotten to the place where we feel that way, why have we not done something else about it? Because we have a choice. We all have choices. And by choosing not to address it, to not be accountable and not hold that person accountable for their behavior, what we're saying is that the technical expertise is more important to this, to us than any other thing in the organization. And we will keep it at any cost, knowing that at any cost means you are going to have an entire organization of that kind of person because you're teaching them how to behave in your organization and you are potentially losing out. Let me rephrase that. You are losing out on some incredible talent who just will not tolerate being treated that way. They just won't. And you'll never know what great innovation, what great progress you could have made by that talent who's decided to leave because you did not have the courage as executive leaders to address and hold accountable the leaders you have put in place. That is a travesty. That is a travesty. But now let's talk about some things that you can do instead. So one, as I mentioned earlier, you can change your promotion process. You can think a little bit deeper, a little bit longer about who and why you promote into leadership positions and not have it just be because it's that person's turn, but really think through that process. More importantly, you can actually create opportunities for leadership development for technical experts. 
for anyone, in matter of fact, who really goes through your organization and grows up in your organization, what are you doing to help them become better leaders, right? Are there courses that you're letting people take? Are there coaches that you can bring in? Um, and, and I don't advocate for a lot of coaches, which sounds really weird because I do some coaching, um, but I don't advocate for just getting somebody a coach because companies have done such a bad job that in and of itself, it sounds like punishment going forward. And sometimes they use it as punishment. But is there a way that you can do some kind of maybe group sessions, um, maybe some 360s? It's, it's taking all of those tools that are available, assessments, 360s, coaching, and actually using them for the betterment of someone as opposed to weapons that the organization uses to marginalize people, but using them for what they're actually used for, which is helping people move forward. You can do those kind of things to help somebody be ready. And then the third thing is really recognize what some of the challenges will be, right? Or what some of the challenges could be. So there's the challenge that someone just may not want to be a leader. Then there's the challenge that they may not know how to be a leader. But there's also the challenge of fear, right? And control. So if I'm a technical expert, I know that. I know that job in and out. I know exactly what to do, when to do it, how to do it, what's gonna happen. I know all of that. I've got it on lock. I don't have to worry about it. But all of a sudden, I may now be having to tell my best friends what to do or my best work friends anyway what to do. I may have to think about strategy. I may have to think about financials. I may have to think about bigger customer issues than I ever had to think about before. And so there's a fear of no longer being seen as exceptional, no longer being seen as worthy or top talent. There's a fear factor. There's also a control factor. Because I'm fearful, I'm going to do everything I can to control what I can control. I'm going to surround myself with yes people so that they just, you know, pump me up. I'm not necessarily going to ask for feedback as heaven forbid someone know that I don't know, right? All of those things that start to happen when we have a lack of confidence, when we're taken out of our comfort zone and not given the support we need to be vulnerable, to be new at something, to not be an expert at something. So you can really begin to shore up by understanding that those are some things that that could happen. And maybe it's not even a coach, it is a mentor. It is a supporter. It is a confidant. It is a maybe a cohort that you set up of everybody who's been promoted in the last year and is now leading teams for the first time. There are so many things that you as executive teams can do to set these folks up for failure. I mean, for, for success. Ooh, you don't wanna set them up for failure. Doing nothing, what you're doing now is setting them up for failure. There's so many things you can do to set them up for success to give them an opportunity to become the best leader that they can be. But you have to decide that you're accountable for the leadership in your organization and that you want to do something about it. And this is a great time. We're coming into the end of 2020 and there are three things that I want you to do. One, really start looking at what you can do for your team here at the end of the year your overall team, your, your leaders, your non-leaders, your individual contributors, your new folks, your newly promoted. How can you celebrate successes? How can you say thank you? How can you give people the permission to recharge? It's been a tough year, right? How can you show up as the leader that you would want, right? To be able to give your people permission to just rest, relax, recharge, to celebrate what has gone well this year. That's number one. Number two, how do you take those folks who may be struggling a little bit and have some really candid conversations, but those conversations lead to, but you know what? 
We are going to find a way to do everything in our power to help you be successful. If you're willing to do the work, I'm willing to do the work, right? So you book in that year for someone who may have had a tough year and say, if you're committed, I'm committed. You set goals, you set expectations, right? I'm not saying just roll over, but it's an opportunity to lift someone back up who may be feeling like they're just a failure and say, I see you. I've got you. Let's make a plan. If you're committed, I'm committed, but we got to do some things differently and we're going to do everything we can to get you there, but you also have to decide you want it. And then the last thing is you've got to do something for you. You have got to one, decide what kind of leader you are. Honestly, evaluate your own leadership style. Are you that leader that only surrounds yourself with yes people? Are you that leader that doesn't allow your folks some creativity or the, the ability to do stuff because you know the best way to do it? You're the expert. Are you that leader that gives people a chance to have their opinion heard and to, to fail, to fail fast, right? But to fail. What kind of leader are you? It's a great time to evaluate the year that you've had as a leader, not just as a business, but as a leader. Get some feedback. Find a trusted confidant that'll tell you what was going well and what didn't go so well. And make a plan for how you're going to show up in 2022. And celebrate the things that you did well, too. Celebrate the people that you saw really turn a corner. And go tell them, man, we weren't sure, but... You really knocked it out of the park. It is a great time to reevaluate, to reset, to re-energize because your folks are counting on you. Leadership is not about you. Leadership is about the people who are looking to you to lead them. It is about you having clear messages, clear expectations, about you being honest, about you showing up transparently, being vulnerable and humble, but also confident and competent. And that means sometimes having to learn some stuff that you don't know which means you have to admit that you don't know it. But there's an opportunity here to really take your leadership to the next level in 2022 and to not take that technical expertise and use that as a crutch to not be a great leader. Because if you can combine those two, you can really find a way to serve with excellence. So as we enter these last couple of weeks of the year, can't believe it, last couple of weeks of the year, really, really think about leadership in a different way. Leadership is not about you. It's about people. Leadership is not about position. It's about behavior. Leadership is understanding that everyone has agency. Everyone has a choice. And as leaders, we are even more accountable for ensuring that our words and actions align, that the people that we have around us, that we surround ourselves with, that we hire to be leaders that work for us, emulate that same kind of culture, those same values that show with, show up with respect that set clear expectations, that are kind and compassionate, but clear. It is a great time to get all of that settled, all of that straight in your mind, to get a good plan and to let people know that it's okay to rest, it's okay to rejuvenate, that you got their back. You are gonna hold them accountable. You may be tough, but you're gonna be fair. And I know, I know that you can do it and you can continue. For those of you who are exceptional leaders already, you can continue to show up that way and for those of you who are working on it, I got you. I know you can do it if you decide you want to. If you decide you want to. Have a fantastic rest of your week. Thank you for tuning in to The Rutledge Perspective. I wish you extreme leadership success. I wish you clarity and awareness and understanding of your own assets, of your own gaps, and the courage to address those. 
Take care and we'll catch you next time. Bye-bye. You have been listening to the Rutledge Perspective Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. If we've given you a new perspective or helped you clarify your own, please leave us a review, send us your comments, give us a five-star rating. We take that information seriously and it helps us to decide what our next episodes will be. Now you can find more information about this and other episodes of the show on laurelrutledge.com. And you can subscribe to the show wherever you get your favorite podcasts. You can also follow me on social media. And if there's someone that you think would enjoy or benefit from the Rutler's Perspective podcast, please pass it along.